Hello, this is Vin Peterson from Politics Weekly, and today we're going to be discussing some of the events um, over the week and some of the hotly contested races. Um, I'm going to, so yeah, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Um, We're going to start with the primary results in Arizona. Arizona, they nominated uh, Katie Hobbs, the incumbent Democratic Secretary of State um, for governor, and facing off against TV newscaster Carrie Lake. I mean, Carrie Lake, I don't um, agree with anything that she does, of course. Um, She's kind of crazy. Like, I think she's embraced QAnon and, like, denied election results and a handful of other, to be totally honest, ridiculous and cynical things, I would, I would say. And... I think, and like also, she said that she wouldn't have certified the 2020 election in Arizona, I think a handful of other states. Um, in order to certify an election, you don't need, just need the Secretary of State. I think you also need the Attorney General, and you also need um, the Governor um, in Arizona. I think that's Arizona, a handful of other states that do that. Um, and I think she's like, she also said that she wanted to end the federal government, which I guess means Arizona will pull out of all federal programs. That would require a 72% increase in state taxes, by the way, because 42% of Arizona's budget comes from the federal government. So, yeah, we would also would have no national parks. We would have no Hoover Dam, no Glen Canyon Dam providing electricity to, like, I don't know, like some 600,000 people in the state. So, yeah, it's just a unequivocally stupid idea from Kerry Lake, in my view. And I think we'd also have no DEA or FBI, yeah. And we'd also, in considering Arizona's geographic location, I think we'd also need to hire Border Patrol as well because of Arizona's geographic location. That will be state responsibility instead of federal responsibility now. And and it would just be make Arizona a laughing joke and would destroy our economy. So, yeah. Carrie Lake is completely unqualified. There's no question about it. And she was actually... A liberal, for the most part, she endorsed Barack Obama in two thousand and eight. Um, that's what Karen Taylor Robinson, her primary opponent, attacked her vehemently for that, to say the least. But that appears to not matter anymore. Um, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But I think they're going to have a tough challenge. I think just some of these candidates are like so unelectable; they can't get them through. Like this is just repeating history of Sharon Angle against Harry Reid and. Todd Aiken versus Claire McCaskill, uh, Richard Murdoch versus Joe Donnelly, Christine O'Donnell versus Chris Coons. You may or may not remember some of those races, depending on how old you are. Um, and the Attorney General's race, it's going against the former Arizona Corporation Commissioner, uh, Chris Mays, against Abraham Hamad, a Trump-endorsed election denier. And I think our current Attorney General, Mark Brnovich, in my view, has been too partisan in, um, on a lot of issues, but... I think Abe Ahmad would be even worse, like he said he wouldn't certify the election, and yes, I mean, and a recent NBC News poll, like, showed, like, democracy is, like, the top issue for voters, and it surpassed inflation, actually, which is kind of surprising, to be totally honest, so I do think that, and it's, I think the voters are right on this one, because democracy is truly on the ballot, and of course, for Secretary of State in Arizona, it's going against uh, former Maricopa County recorder Adrian Fontes going against, um, a state legislator named Mark Fincham, of course, a man who was spotted at the January 6th riot. Um, uh, he was spotted there, though he denies entering the building. I think he wants to do things like eliminate all mail-in ballots, which might be difficult in Arizona because we're a heavily mail-in voting state. Even Republicans vote by mail frequently in Arizona. We're not a all-mail-in voting state like Washington or Utah, but we we vote heavily by mail. 
So that might be some difficult political implications, even among Republicans, even among Trump Republicans who like the convenience of voting absentee, which could be problematic. Um, yep. And Secretary of State's, of course, they run elections and pretty, they do things like run elections, maintain the state seal. It's a huge job and it's a very big responsibility. And this is not something you want to take lightly. And it, the worst thing you can have are people who are like dangerous and threatening our democracy running our election systems. It's extremely concerning. Um, I just can't believe it. It would be very concerning if he wins, actually. And think about like the 2024 election, not certifying it. And it's Democrats and Republicans, county recorders, municipal clerks, and secretaries of states who all were on the backbone of our democracy, to be totally honest, on both sides of the aisle. And it's just concerning seeing unqualified ideologues try to take over these races. It's not just secretary of state. It's also uh, county recorders in Arizona, we have like 15 counties and each one has a recorder that does like local election administration. We'd have to make sure that we have to make sure that election deniers aren't running those races. Um, also municipal clerks. Um, some states have a clerk system. Like for example, Michigan, they have 1500 clerks in the entire state and Michigan can't even declare a winner to be certified by the Secretary of State's office until the results come in from each clerk, all 1,500 of them, which is by far the most decentralized system in the country. But just that just proves, like, these races may not get a lot of attention, but these are very important jobs um, that people just need to pay attention to. In the U.S. Senate, uh, Mark Kelly is running against uh, Blake Masters. Um, Blake Masters, he recently did a... Complete reversal on his views on abortion. Um, he recently he deleted the words one hundred percent pro life on his website, and he also deleted the words. Um, he also deleted the words um, for support for a federal personhood amendment, which basically would be you no know, total abortion ban. And now he says he only wants to ban partial so called partial birth abortion, which by the way is already illegal at the federal level and has been since two thousand three. So yeah, you're addressing a problem that doesn't exist. To be totally honest, yeah, and it's just, of course, though he's been. Mark Kelly has been using his past statements against abortion, like about how he opposes abortion even for rape victims. And he's been running that in practically every political ad. He's also been running, Mark Kelly has also been running on the fact that he wants to privatize Social Security. That'll be deadly in senior heavy Arizona, to be totally honest. That'll be deadly. And I just don't think he's electable. I think he's like another Sharon Angle or Todd Aiken. But these days, like, even they would be considered moderate. It's just embarrassing. Yeah. In Michigan, um, the governor's race, um, Democrat Gretchen Whitmer won her primary easily. Of course, a favorite political opponent of Trump who's, yeah. Yep, and who's done some pretty dangerous attacks on her, to be totally honest. Um, um, going against Tudor Dixon, a Republican nominee for governor. So what happened in the Republican governor's race um, for the primary in Michigan was kind of chaotic, to say the least. First, it was um, police chief James Craig, who was who seemed poised to get the Republican nomination, except what happened is that he faked his signatures um, to get on the ballot, and the Secretary of State caught him, so he got kicked off the ballot by a judge. And then Ryan Kelly seemed like the likely nominee following that incident, but then Ryan Kelly got arrested for for participating in the January 6th riot. And then now it's Tudor Dixon, who's described on Wikipedia as a conservative media personality, um, she has some pretty um, extreme views on abortion, to say the least. Um, 
I think she's like she asked she was asked by a local news reporter, um, "Do you support an abortion exception for a 14 year old girl who is raped by her uncle?" And she said, "That's the perfect example why abortion should be illegal." And saying that a person who carries a pregnancy is like that's a gift for them, like saying like, "Oh, that's healing from rape." Of course, that's um, ignorant to say the least. And I mean, a 14 year old child that's younger than I am. I mean. I just couldn't imagine that. I mean, she's going to, I think she'll have a pretty tough time, to be totally honest. And Whitmer has a pretty good approval rating, much higher than Joe Biden's. Um, so I just think that, I don't think she's electable by any stretch of the imagination. And Attorney General in the state of Michigan, incumbent Dana Nessel, I think is going against a Republican named Matthew DeNero. I think he's another, like, election denier and, like, kind of a conspiracy theorist, and I think he's called for jailing the uh, Attorney General Nessel and Secretary of State uh, Benson. I mean, it's just embarrassing to say the least. And like, I watched the PBS Frontline documentary as part of a college assignment, and they interviewed the Attorney General of Michigan, and the person from PBS asked, how often have you received death threats? And she said, there's never a day of the week that I'm not receiving death threats. And that's not just me. That's our governor and that's our secretary of state, which is extremely concerning to say the least. Yeah, so Dana Nessel is going, to, the incumbent Democrat is going against Matt, I, Republican, I forgot his name. I think it's Matthew something, but he's kind of crazy. Um, for the secretary of state's race in Michigan, it's incumbent Democrat Jocelyn Benson going against um, Republican Christina Caramo, who I think like, who's an election denier and a conspiracy theorist and, like, buys into QAnon and all that. And I think she also had some pretty fringe views on, like, gender and sexuality. I think CNN did a report on that. And, like, and, yeah, she's called for, like, imprisoning, like, the current Secretary of State. And it's just disgusting, to say the least. Um, And it's embarrassing. Um, And, yeah, and, like, these people, like, these people, like, governors and... Um, like secretaries of states and attorney generals races like these races are crucial like because these people uphold democracy and like if these people if you send the wrong people in these races it can be very dangerous and concerning in florida governor ron DeSantis, the high profile republican governor there um he won his primary easily uncontested but he's facing off against former republican governor charlie christ who is now a democratic congressman actually that's who who will be his opponent. And in the U.S. Senate race, uh, Republican incumbent Marco Rubio is going to be facing off against Democratic Congresswoman Belle Demings. Um, and Marco Rubio, I think, is leading in most of the polls, though there's been a few split ones. I think he'll still win nonetheless because Florida's just been very hard for Democrats recently. But I think he's, like, under fundraising, which will be interesting to see. In the U.S. Senate race in Wisconsin, I already mentioned about Ron Johnson and his fringe views on, like, COVID-19 treatments, like promoting ivermectin and other things like that. Um, um, and also, um, yeah, and also is a fringe conspiracy theory that, like, athletes were dropping dead on, like, the, on, like, because of COVID-19 vaccines and calling global warming bullshit. He's running against the state's lieutenant governor, Amanda LaBarnes, um, so, yep, we'll see how that goes. In Wisconsin, um, a former businessman named Tim Michaels is running against um, incumbent Democratic Governor Tony Evers. Um, we'll see how that race plays out. Um, in Texas, uh, 
Governor Greg Abbott, the incumbent, is running against um, Beto O'Rourke. He's obviously pretty high profile considering the 2018 Senate race. Um, he's been emphasizing abortion as a major campaign issue. Um, and the Attorney General, I don't know who, I, who the Democratic nominee for the Attorney General is. I forgot. But the Republican nominee is the current incumbent Attorney General, Ken Paxton, who's been indicted for the past several years due to securities fraud. Yet, the people of Texas keep electing him for, for some reason. I don't think it makes any sense. Um, goodness. In Michigan, there's another, um, there's an, a ballot measure on abortion access. I think it's called the Michigan Reproductive Freedom Initiative. It'll make abortion legal up until fetal viability and must include exceptions past that in cases of when the woman's life is in danger and physical health issues. Um, and mental health issues. And Michigan currently has on the books, it's never been enforced since 1973, but it has on the books a 1931 law that bans abortion from any period. Yeah, it's an old law. It dates back to like the Great Depression. Um, that bans abortion from any point, um, except in cases when the mother's life is in danger. Um, Yep, I think like a handful of other states like Wisconsin, they also have bans on the books. But um, if this ballot measure passes, this will enshrine abortion rights into the state constitution. I think the governor has been like calling an emergency session. I, this was in Wisconsin, I think. The governor called the emergency session to repeal a 1849 law, but that failed and abortion is illegal in Wisconsin. In Michigan, I think abortion is still legal, but I'm not quite sure. Its legality is kind of un unclear at this point, actually. Same with Arizona. Its legality is kind of unclear. Of course, in Kansas, um, there was another experiment. <laughs> For those who remember the fiscal crisis from a few years ago, that backfired pretty spectacularly. But there was an abortion ballot measure to ban abortion in um, Kansas. It would allow the state legislator to restrict abortion um, further than it is. Um, and if they, and they put it up in the Republican primary, not even the general. I think they wanted it to win. So they did it in the primary when it's the Republican base voters who get out. But what happened is it failed by 18 points, which is pretty spectacular in a red state like Kansas. Especially they put it in the, they were strategic about putting it in the primary instead of the general election because typically it's, there's more registered Republicans in Kansas. So as a result, they'll theoretically get more votes, except that didn't occur. And there was bipartisan pushback from that. And also, there was a recent Gallup poll. It showed that pro-life identification is at its lowest level since 1996. 55% of Americans identify as pro-choice compared to 39% who identify as pro-life. So there appeared to be a political fallout from the Dobbs decision um, from the pro-life movement. Another thing is that there's something called the enthusiasm gap, which just displays how excited people are to vote. Um, this was um, a previous poll taken about two months ago. It showed 57% of Republicans are enthusiastic to vote and only 40% of Democrats. Now, according to the, the same poll from it, now an NBC News poll says it's 66% of Democrats who are enthusiastic to vote and 68% of Republicans. So that went from a 17% gap to just a 2% gap. I think the Dobbs decision definitely had some big implications on that. Um, moving on, this probably will be another thing, is student debt forgiveness. Um, um, I want to start with, um, yeah, so Biden announced a student debt loan. Um, the distributional access, it cops, um, it's capped at $125,000, which most of the benefits in that case will be going to middle class and upper middle class. 
not necessarily the poor and not necessarily like the very wealthy because it's capped. So it's going to be mostly targeted toward middle and upper middle class income Americans. Um, my only criticism, critic, my criticism of it is that it's a short term fix. It doesn't do anything to address the long term cost of college. Another thing is that it could face legal challenges by doing it through executive order and not through um, Congress. There was the West Virginia versus EPA decision, um, which was basically a repeat of Obama's clean power plan on coal plants. And what happened is that the court ruled that the president can't make any um, executive orders with broad economic significance without Congress's approval. So we'll see about that. Um, Yep. I've heard that there's some potential for people to scam people into student loan forgiveness, that there might be some online scammers taking advantage of it. Um, um, But, so be careful and always visit the federal site, just saying. Also, um, yesterday on August 26th, I failed to mention this, but it was... um, it was the anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote, so that's interesting. Um, it came a long time since then, but we have a lot more progress to make, and we just took a huge step backward, in my opinion. That's my opinion. Okay. Um, and that's all I have for today. Um, I hope you um, have a great afternoon, everybody. Um, and uh, make your own conclusions, and keep listening. Bye.